1: Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Fallout Bar here at Online Darts. Myself, Jack, we Gower, joined by the one and only Mr. Phil Bars. How are we doing, buddy? Good evening,
2: buddy. How are we doing? Sorry, we're a bit late, everyone. Mindful trying to get out the venue.
1: Yeah, I see you leaving the back end of this about 40 minutes before you text me, going, Oh, I'm just leaving. I'll be 10 minutes. I'm like, Standard Phil, chatting yeah. on my way down. <laughs>
2: Um, but, yeah, movie. no, I'm we'll... gone. I'd say, no, all good. i say, sorry, everyone, if I'm not looking at you for a couple of minutes. I'm just trying to play catch-up at the same time.
1: Shocking. Shocking. But this is what I've been reduced to here on Saturday night, just. Saturday night, just, uh, on the first day of the Grand of Darts from Wolverhampton. You've been there, mate, at the Ordersley Leisure Village. Um, first impression from the outside, it looked pretty busy, which was a nice result.
2: Oh, no, yeah, look, decent, decent numbers, which were which were good. Um, so, fair play. I have got one huge criticism that they've gotten rid of the L-shaped walk-on. Oh, no, tragic. It just looks so much better with the board behind it and everything like that.
1: Mm, maybe, but when they're doing joints anyway, I've got no time for that. I, I appreciate why they do joints today and tomorrow in particular, but... For the rest of it, nah, no, nah,
2: no. Nah, nah, I, nah. I like the joint walk-on. You what? Get off! No, so, we've waited sorry. forty no, minutes. No. you ready, and you've just no. turned around. and You like joint walk-ons? No, I didn't mean that. I, I, sorry, I'm trying. I'm not not in a good frame here at the moment. I don't like the joint walk-ons, but I like that backboard with the graphics on behind it and everything like that.
1: The match play board, right? Yeah, you like you like that.
2: Big yeah. difference. It's been a, it's been a uh, long day. Actually, it's been a long few days. Yes, and it's only going to get longer.
1: Um, hello to everybody in the chat room. I've been chatting to a few of you uh, before we got underway. Jamie, G's, Colin, Rose is in as well. do um, record we everybody there. Uh, Dan's in as well. Tommy was in a little bit earlier. Hopefully, he's still around. I appreciate we are a little bit late starting. Lee's in as well. Yeah, interesting on this one thought we saw a sign in the crowd with your name Phil. we did, yeah, I clocked we did. It. i'll be honest i haven't seen an awful lot i've been reading i'm in my hotel room uh, i'm working on the seniors world championship obviously phil has been in wolverhampton as well so that's why i'm hosting and i'm leaning on phil for input as we go through each of the groups we're just going to race through as best we can uh, we're not going to have any interviews for you tonight either guys you all know where they are by now they're on our youtube channel there's no point us dropping in clips when we've got eight groups to look at then we've got to look ahead to tomorrow as well so we're just going to leave you guys up to go in and and collecting those yourself um but i did clock the sign that says where is phil bars i was like what on earth is going on
2: you know you've made it when your name's on a sign they could have put anyone on there michael van gawen peter wright johnny clayton no me (laughs)
1: I didn't see what the sign next to it said, though, so I'd be very careful just in case that photo
2: surfaces as well because there was definitely two
1: up at the same time. I,
2: I don't care. That one never made it on TV, mind did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, let's, uh, let's look back at today's play then. Um, appreciate that some of these games are played in a completely different order to how we're going to discuss and we probably won't go into detail, if at all, on some of these games. Um, What we're going to do is we're going to run through group by group. So we'll start in Group A, um, Gerwin Price, doing what he does for against Ted Evans. It probably isn't the story here. We can probably just go, yeah, well done, Gerri, let's crack on. But the story here is, despite being terrible on the outer ring himself, Barney doing a job on Dave Chisnell.
2: Yeah, and I called it in the preview as well, not trying to blow my own trumpet. But I just, look, everyone said that Dave Chisnell should win this match. And I agree that on stats and on form, He should have done. But there's just something I'm not convinced about Dave Chisnall when the pressure is really on. And look, he should have been tuning it up and cruising. And he let Barney back in. And that's the story of Dave Chisnall, unfortunately. But the Barney love affair is still there.
1: There's going to be a Barney love affair no matter where you go. People are still singing there's only one Phil Taylor 10 years after the man's retirement. It's just what happens when you've got the stature in the game that they have. I mean, it was obviously going to happen the minute I've spent the last six months saying I'm very, very big on Dave Chisnell's game right now. <laughs> the first chance he gets to, especially in a group this tough, by the way, because Chisnell will now take on Ted Evitts, And I guess the concern right now, looking forward, we might as well do the looking forward to tomorrow all in one sweep as well. So we'll just run through the groups as per. Chisnell will take on Ted Evitts tomorrow. But on the other hand, if Barney goes and gets a job done against Gerwin Price, Chizzy's relying on that or, or got to go and get a result against Gezi himself on the final day.
2: Yeah, but n- not even that. The, the bigger picture, say that Gezi wins. Look, Gezi's love affair with the Orders in the Village, we all know, and he beats Barney. However, then you're Raymond Van Barneveld, and I mean this with the greatest of respects, that you go into a final game knowing your fate is in your hands against Ted Everts. Looking at the group, he had taken that all day long. Yeah,
1: it's not it's not the best start for Dave Chisnell in that regard. He's up against it. But as I said, look, I'm still big on his game. A, a blip here and there is not unlike Dave Chisnell, but he definitely has the game to resurrect that and put it right moving forward. He will play Tenevich tomorrow, and we will see that monster clash at the top of the group now between Barney and Gerwin Price. Uh, let's look at group be then as is the order of play and whatever else um pretty comfortable winning the end for simon whitlock over Mensor Sulovich. um
2: perhaps a little unexpected given recent form uh, yeah look, i was again i, I called one right and i called this one wrong i was expecting more from Mensor after what we'd seen recently i thought he was going to be a little bit better than, than than what he was and yeah look it's, it's one of those that it was an opportunity for both of them. The winner of this one put themselves in pole position and Simon Whitlock has done that.
1: Yeah, because look, Danny Nopper is the group favourite and, and we'll get onto him in a minute, but the other two, you, you suspect, will be battling it out for second place. That was the pre-match prediction from, from pretty much everybody. It was, do you fancy Sulovic or Whitlock to go through with Knopper and with that win? And I'm um, by a fair leg difference as well, five-two. Look, it might play a key role in the end. It might not, but to get that result against effectively your closest rival for what everybody's predicting to be second spot is is a big result for Simon.
2: Oh yeah, look massively, and he's playing with a bit of an injury on his heel as well, and it's on his standing leg on his right foot. Um, he said, "Look, it's causing me a bit of pain, but I'm I'm learning to to cope with it." He's had it since the World Series in Australia. Um, But, look, he's defending semi-final money as well. I've completely forgotten that two years ago, when he gatecrashed his way into the tournament, that he got to a semi-final. And for a man that's been amazing for two decades, he's now on the slide. So the fact that if he can get out of the group stage, yes, he might not defend all of that money, but if he can defend a chunk of it, he'll take that.
1: Yeah, 100%. And at the other end of the group, the group favourite, Danny Knoppert, Perhaps should have been a bit more comfortable in this one, but taken all the way by Christian Perez to the to last left decide.
2: Yeah, look, this these, this is one of those games where you look at averages and you think, how is Christian Perez in this? Because at one point, there was like 15 points in the averages, but he ended up missing a match start. Part of the reason why I love this sport, it just, it's just so bonkers. But look, Dane up dodged a bullet, averaged 95 himself, I think, and looked solid. But, We um, didn't have the commentary on in this game. And just watching it, it didn't feel like a great game. And then when you look to the averages, you're like, Oh, Danny's played all right there.
1: That's a sign of a decent player, isn't it? We've said that before. Peter Wright has this ridiculous art of being able to make 100 averages. look like he's averaging low 90s. You you look up and you go, actually, how on earth is Peter Wright averaging 102 here at times? But that's a sign of a good player in Danny. And look, like you said, survived a match start in the end. Probably a little bit of a kick up the backside as if to say, don't underestimate anybody again, especially in this short format. And he'll be switched on in that matchup with Simon Whitlock tomorrow. Effectively, win and you're in um, scenario, especially given how tough Group A is. And, and that's where your knockout opponent will come from in the last 16. Um, but, but job done in the end from Nopper. And there were signs from Perez. You can see why he's come through the Asian Tour over the likes of largan and others that we've seen in the last couple of years it was a little bit of a surprise name in that regard but we did see
2: glimpses of, of that ability oh yeah, yeah 100 percent. know there was a lot to like he's you can tell he's very much a soft tip player by the way he addresses the board um for those that don't know on soft tip when you throw your darts one it takes it takes your ages to get them out the board and the machine has to do with singing and dancing and music and you can see that the way he approaches that he doesn't approach the hockey until not puts right round And the way his darts lay flat that you can see hes from a soft-tip background. But the action was solid and there was a lot to like.
1: Yeah, indeed. And just quickly on that, a reminder to everybody watching, the Asian Tour is back for 2023, which is good news for darts. We won't go into full details. We'll probably look back at that in the next Live Lounge, which will be next Monday. Reminder, no Live Lounge on Monday this week, as there will be a fallout bar instead in the middle of a sky-slash-PDC major um, group C, Phil, we'll move on to that one now. Um, look, as predicted at the start of the tournament, probably in Joe Cullen and Michael Smith both winning their first round games. Joe Cullen pretty comfortably over Richie Eddowes. Michael Smith, look, 5-3, suggests that he was okay. But at 2-1 down, there was definitely a couple of thoughts going around going, hang on a minute. Can Lisa do this?
2: Oh, yeah, completely. And he said it in his post-match afterwards. He said, this was his toughest game in the group playing Lisa. Look, whether people like it or not, there is still a stigma attached to playing a woman. What that there is. And that will only get that will only get rid of in time and, and the way the culture works. But one, he also knows how good Lisa Ashton is, and that's why. Because yeah. we've seen her go and average monster numbers on TV. So one, that stigma is there, but also they're from the same neck of the woods. We'll have played each other multiple times and he respects Lisa as a player. And the fact that he's got that out of the way, I think it's a relief.
1: Yeah, indeed. Um, Do we see a way through for either Lisa or Rich? Obviously, they'll take on each other in uh, tomorrow's action. The winner of that will be him with a chance, but it would be a slim chance when you'd have to go and get a result against Cullen or Michael Smith on, on the inverse and however it plays out after that.
2: Yeah, and... Look, I think just based on the averages and and what we saw, Richie will probably beat Lisa. I think that he's playing better than, than than Lisa right now. But unfortunately, that means he has to face Michael Smith in his last game, and I don't see him getting any change from that because if Smith beats Cullen, he's pretty much already there. Yeah. So I, I think it's I think it will be tough for either of them because of the way the fixtures work as well yeah
1: indeed uh let's move on then to group d uh this one's pretty tight um a belch of a game to get underway in this one i think it was second match on in the afternoon martin schindler against dirk van dievenbode went both ways but dirk holding his nerve in the last leg which i'll be honest isn't a trait i usually associate with dirk but he was very good
2: oh yeah look and this was a, a bonkers game for the fact that The first part, Dirk was sensational in cruise control in front. Martin has reeled him back in. And then Dirk, Van Dijvenbo, like he has all year, finds an unreal maximum in the final leg. And look, yes, Dirk is inconsistent at times, but when he gets it right, he's a genuine threat. Yeah. Yeah, look, look,
1: there's... Definitely tipping up Martin Shinlow on his return to the tour this year. He's done some very, very good things. But that response from Dirk, as I said, it, it's not really a trait I've ever associated with Dirk. When you've seen him in tight, tense moments, especially in the latter stages of tournaments, he, he's not a player I associate with having big cojones, if you like, in a in a last leg decider. But that was spectacular from Dirk. At the other end, Rob Cross, 5-2 win over Adam Gowlas, 100 average. For cross pretty comfortable in the end especially against someone that plays at a little bit of a different pace there's, there's all the things that go on with an alan last performance as well uh, a professional job done by rob cross
2: uh yeah look and i'm slightly concerned about rob um those that haven't seen it go out and check out his post-match interview afterwards i've never heard rob like that um he come out he was like i was frustrated with myself um, I don't really care, and I've fallen out of love with it. it. Was it was just strange from, from voltage? Whether he was overpracticed, and I, I don't know, um, but it was, it, it, it was strange from him. And look, playing Adam Galdas is not a nice experience, and that's not saying he's not a good player. But it's like in football when you have a team going forward, free flowing, or you have a team that just sits behind the ball. It's it, I use it as that scenario. It doesn't mean they're not a good side and effective at what they do, but. Look, Adam Galas isn't, isn't one that, that jumps out and you enjoy watching him play. It all looks a bit of a chore.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you going to buy a season ticket at Anfield to watch Gag and pressing football or are you going to buy one at the Tottenham Stadium to watch Conte put 12 men behind the ball? You're going to go to Liverpool, oh. aren't you?
2: Hey, seven-goal thriller today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a dark show. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, on to Group E. Upset? I think it's not too unfair to say, look, short races and given recent form, we did clock onto this one, how Alan Suter has upped his level in the last weeks, um, started really brightly, allowed us more back into the game again, but for the first time in what seems like a very, very long time, shut the door on an after comeback, which nobody's really done for a while now.
2: Yeah, look, again, we were, we were speaking about this one in the press room quite openly as well, and National scoring power was unreal today. It was hitting 140s for fun. But all the big moments, the key moments, were won by Alan Suter, no more so than that 145 to, to win it. And it was interesting chatting to him afterwards as well that he went to Mission, his sponsor. They do, I can't remember what the exact thing is, but you go in there, they look at your throw, and then look at the darts that you throw, and is your setup right. And the first thing they said to him is, why are you throwing a pair of flights? Get rid of them. And he said that was tough because he played with him for 30 years. But yeah. he's playing, I don't I don't know the exact setup at the back end, but it's very much a fixed, moulded flight uh, he's playing with now. Either. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know the exact of it, but it was certainly a moulded flight. And he said that the way I throw is powerful when I clatter off darts. And he says, it just works. Um, yeah. Look, it was really, really good. And like, you, you, I've missed not being able to interview Alan Suter where he's not been winning because you always get honesty from him. And he said, look, Ali Pally papered over cracks last year. Um and he talks he'll leave a pro he'll finish a pro tour, he'll go to bed at five in the afternoon, get a couple of hours kit, then drive through the night because he's got to be on a night shift. I and on day shift in his in his job and whatever. It was just really fascinating listening to Suits talk and look, just the utmost respect for him. And even at forty-four years old, the fact he's still looking for improvements in his game is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I rate that from Suits. I, I think the, the fitting is, is, is effectively a golf fitting, I think, for those out there. You, you go in, you, you have some knowledge yeah. of, of what you're doing and try and tinker with things. Obviously, with a golf lesson or a fitting, you might look at different clubs or adjustments or, or subtle little differences, and, and it's that. It's not a significant change of your barrels or an overhaul of all your equipment. It's, right, how do we make what you're doing and what you already do go better for you, and it's just tailoring that set-up a little bit more to what you're doing and how you throw it. But it definitely seems to have worked for Alan Suter. Um, in the other game in the group, chances were there for Fallon Sherrick, but unable to step through and take them against Peter Wright, uh, especially that leg number four. I think it was at 2-1. Uh, if, if Fallon were to have broke back then um, at 2 apiece, piece, I think she might have been able to rattle Peter Wright a little bit. But as it was, a couple of chances came and went. Um, uncharacteristically, um, not great on the outer ring tonight from Fallon Sherrick.
2: Yeah, and look, everyone knows I'm a huge Fallon Sherrick fan, but going into this game I didn't hold out much hope if I'm being honest, just because I, in my opinion, we haven't seen enough of her this year. Um, I think if you were classing it as a footballer, you'd say she's massively match, not she's not match fit. And so I, I genuinely thought the score line would be roughly what it was, but it would be very one-sided. Yeah. Now, you, you look at the numbers, Fallon Sherrick has averaged 84 with a horrific double percentage. Now, if you take a couple of them, you're you're in the early 90s easily. Yeah. So there are a lot of pluses to take from a defeat from Fallon. Um, which is obviously great f- for, for her. Um, but she's got a mountain to climb now in the group. But especially
1: given the result in the other game as well. That's no disrespect to Alan Suter, but if you're going to have a crack, you'd rather a crack at Suter and then Aspinall or whatever in your last game. A bit of pressure on both players needing the result. Now, you've got to go and get a result against Aspinall, who is on the up right now with any hopes of, of trying to survive in this group. Yeah,
2: yeah, 100%. Um, and look, it's I didn't like the dark. That was, that was Peter Wright's new new dart that he'd been planning, that he'd been talking about, that this was the one that was going
1: to launch the Worlds?
2: Yeah, yeah. And wasn't convinced, if I'm being honest. It wasn't like the last World Championship dart where instantly you were like, oh, these these look good. I don't think there was a lot wrong. There wasn't a lot
1: of loose darts. There was just a lot of non-treble darts. He scored 60 a lot tonight. And I guess if, if there's a subtle adjustment to be made in where he stood or or whatever. It looked like if he finds his range, they could be very, very dangerous. Obviously, they were a straight barrel dart, two-tone grip effectively with that middle split, which were effectively what the first World Championship darts were as well. Obviously, subtle differences, thicker barrel, different style of grip and, and whatever. But he seems to be going for that different grip at the back of the dart to a different grip at the front of the dart, split down the middle. The the formula is there for that to be a Peter Wright dart, but like you said, it wasn't overly convincing this evening.
2: No, look, and those first World Championship darts, I've never seen him score as well with them as I have anything else. I think he's a more complete player with the gold elements, but in terms of just pure scoring power, those first World Championship darts, I've never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah, I, I I do miss those World Championship darts. Um, looking ahead in that group, Fallon takes on Nathan Aspinall tomorrow. Big, big game for both of those. Effectively, the loser is gone, uh, especially if it is Fallon with her leg difference, minus four at the minute. Suits versus Peter Wright. I, I think potentially looking further forward is, can Suits hold on? Who will take on Fallon in the final game when Aspinall's got to go and get a result against Peter Wright?
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it's an interesting scenario because Nathan Aspinall will not want to go into that game with Peter Wright, having to win. That that's that's not a scenario that anyone would anyone would want. Yeah.
1: Having a crack at the two-time world champion, and so, I'm going to call him the world number one and a half right now because him and him and Gezi are swapping about galore. Um, given defending and and whatever else. And if you take it at the start of the week, it's price at the end of the week is set to be.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Right, and, and whatever else. So I'm going to call on both the, defense, the The current world number one and a halves is, is where we're going with those two for the rest of the week. That's how we're going to address them. Uh, on to group F. Um, and... Uh, There was a lot of people quietly going up, not quietly, but quite boldly on on social media earlier in the day, saying how they thought that Jermaine Mottemena was going to get out of the group and and reach at least the quarterfinals. And on that performance against Damon Hetter, you might not disagree too much with that. That's a a solid win for Jermaine Mottemena on TV, as I said previously. He hasn't had many of them in the last few years.
2: There's been a lot to like about the Jermaine Mottemena game of late. and I'm genuine. I don't know where it's come from. Because 2017-18, I'm not sure if he got into the top 16, but he was certainly bordering the top 16. Um, And there was a lot to like about his game. Yes, it was maybe a little bit too quick and erratic at times. But obviously, look, the same as a lot of people, COVID come along. And I'm going to use this a lot because although it was great for his own health, like we've seen over the years, it wasn't good for his darts game. He lost a truckload of weight. And his throw balance, everything went. But now, look, he's put a few pounds back on. And I don't mean that horribly. He still looks great for it. But beforehand, I think he lost too much weight too quickly. And it affected everything. Where now, he's put a a little bit back on, but still looks great. And everything looks solid again. And look, we've seen over the years, Jermaine Watamina do damage. And when he qualified for this, it was like the numbers were good all the way through. And... We've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, there are huge question marks around Damon Hetter when you put a TV camera on. We've seen him do unbelievable things on the floor. But now, it is, it's is—it's a concern now for me, the TV form.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, he's, he's well up against it in this group to get out of the, to get out of the group now. Look, he'll take on Leonard Gates tomorrow after his 5-0 loss to Johnny Clayton, which, I guess we'll just pass over that one. It was a very, very good performance from Johnny Clayton. It was a, a mid to mere performance from Lena Gates, only had a dart at a double in the, the final leg. He um, was just a, a dart or, or so behind Johnny at, at all times in that one. Um, but he's got to go and get a result against Gates, effectively, hope that Johnny beats Jermaine. Jermaine beats Johnny and he goes and does a job on Johnny. Basically, he plays Johnny Clayton in the final game and he's going to have to go and get a result from that as well. Which, when oh, we are questioning your ability on TV and in front of a TV camera, that's not really where you want to be, even given Johnny Clayton's form this year in front of a TV camera as well.
2: I completely agree. And it, it's also not particularly great, the, the scenarios. Look, I, I'm guessing that I kind of hope that Johnny was already through one, both, and maybe takes it a little bit easy.
1: But at that point, there's a chance that Jermaine will be on two wins as well, and then we're looking at leg difference and head-to-heads and all sorts.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Which just gets very,
1: very messy in that group. Um, There aren't many that I'm ruling out right now, but I think Lenny Gates is one of them in terms of getting out of the group, look. You can't win your group, you can't get out of it on night one, but you can't really fail to get out of it. But losing 5-0 in that position in a group of this strength, I think, Leonard, is, is one of those players that you're looking at going, you're not getting to the knockouts.
2: Well, effectively, if he, if he wants to, he's got to win the next slot. He's got to win them both 5-0, probably, to turn that leg difference around. Um, unlikely. But never say never in sport. But look, yeah, right now, you wouldn't be batting for him, that's for sure.
1: No. Um, that was awful timing for that to have up- updated. Uh, but we do move on to Group G. Uh, the opening game of the day, session, evening, um, was the newly crowned European champion Ross Smith against Luke Woodhouse. Um, sensational result for Luke Woodhouse. Great performance from him fighting back against ross smith especially uh ross smith put his foot down early that one six four check out the highlight that was shown pretty much everywhere um but that's a very very good result for luke woodhouse in front of the tv cameras against a player in great form
2: yeah I, I really enjoyed this game i thought both of them played some really really good stuff um luke woodhouse is always a player that we've we've seen him do it on tv before at, at, at the worlds and. And, and things like that. And then he disappears for six months. He'll come back and have a good game. He openly said that he's had a terrible start to 2022. But this last third of the season, you can save your season because of everything that is, everything that, that goes on and everything that, that with it. And look, Ross Smith will be disappointed off the back of a TV win to lose like that. But it was a good game. He, he's not lost and played poorly. It was just a very, very good display from Luke Woodhouse.
1: Yeah, it was, not that this, this might be a little bit of a, a throw-off tangent, but also, if, if you take a look at Ross Smith and Luke Wells, they are two people that look after themselves. They are effectively, what you saw there, was a look into the next 20 years of darts. It is players that are looking after themselves a lot more. They're in a lot better shape, and it's going to allow them to throw better darts more consistently over a longer period of time, which, as the tour continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger, that's where you need to be right now. Basically, what we've seen there is a glimpse of a modern data and a future data.
2: Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that the way the PDC tournaments are going, yes, the the, the big ones will always be just one game a day. But there are more and more for Euro tours, the ITV tournaments, where you have to win multiple games on a day. And with the greatest of respects, if you're like me, it's tougher you have to be fit and ready to go the distance now uh,
1: I do think you can be too healthy too too slim almost I think there is a a base to players a center of gravity that is a little bit different if you are not uh, someone like luke Humphreys is almost gone too far I think right now as weird as this seems and I'm, I'm no doctor or anything but I do think there is a, a base in the size and the consistency, especially in a sport that look, we're not naive. We're not going to ignore the fact that a lot of players still consume alcohol to play. If you are losing serious amounts of weight and you are too slim, that's going to do more and more damage to somebody of, of that size than it is somebody who's that little bit bigger and has got a bit more tolerance to it. So from that side of it, I think that you can go too far the other way. Yeah, I'd go with that. Anyway, into the other game in the group. <laughs> um, and look, said so we've had a glimpse at future stars. Nathan Rafferty is definitely one of those as well. Um, but he was beaten 5 2 by Marco Van Gogh, in 101 average from the Green Machine, 126 checkout from him. Marker sent again from the Green Machine, who has picked up every TV title that he's taken a fancy to this year.
2: Yeah, no, and. He spoke with a. First of all, I'm going to give Nathan Rafferty a lot of credit in this. I thought he played very, very well for a youngster. Um, We saw him play at the Grand Slam last year and and played really, really well. And there's a lot to like about Nathan Rafferty's game. Um, So, first of all, kudos to him. Um, I genuinely think he he can get out of this group if he performs like that in the other two games. Effectively, he's got the worst game out of the way. So that that's that's only a good sign. Um, but look, as, as for Michael, he spoke in his media afterwards about going to Rome for three days, spending some some quality time with um, Daphne, his wife. He's fresh and he, he's ready. And yeah, look, when I, I, and I agree with what he says that if he plays well and if he plays his A game, they don't beat him. And and I, I, I and I agree with that. Look, we don't see the A game. As much then, and there are still mistakes, but we've seen this year when he gets it right, like he did at the match play, because Gezi was in complete control of that and looking a million dollars, the switch went and we all know what happens. If he can hook it up, he will win multiple tournaments. is, is, is the thing. And it's all a question for me. It's Michael's focus. If he's focused and ready, and you can almost see that, from his walk-ons now, where the steely-eyedness at the top and it's it's all action, where and other times he doesn't quite look with it. Um, but look, right now, he wants every tournament in front of him. All eyes are on Alexandra Palace. I know you don't like overlooking tournaments, but let's be honest, every player is now targeting Ali Pali in terms of the slam and the players. Yes, they're important, but this is a homing your skills ready for the world championship
1: at this point of the season i've got no issue with looking forward to the world championship uh, no objection to that because that is the big one that's what people to win the issue i've got is looking ahead to ranking uh, to non-ranked invitational events they, they, take care, they, they take care of themselves don't they you're either in or you're out of them you can be in if you go and do well at the ranked majors and, and whatever else talking about it now does you absolutely nothing all it does is put more pressure on yourself that that's where I've got no issue with players looking ahead to the World Championship now, going actually, yeah, I do want to crack at that. And because I don't necessarily agree with this either, but considering that how skewed the financial reward of the World Championship is to compared to basically everything else, you don't really have a choice but to try and peep your game for the World Championship because look, World number one has basically been decided by being a world champion. The last 10 to 15 years, and they're still going to keep increasing that top end prize money until they can get it to a million pounds. We know that's what they want, they want that headline, and then after that, they might see some sense and grow the rest of the game properly. Um, but enough of that at 20 plus midnight on Sunday morning. <laughs> Solid work for me. Um, we should probably look. Oh, yeah, two things today, right, the rest of this group, Nathan Rafferty, tough, tough game against Ross Smith, Luke Woodhouse against Michael Van Gerwen, I can still see Smith, Woodhouse, Van Gerwen all getting out of this group, Rafferty has a very, very outside chance, but he would have to go and do a job on Ross Smith, and look, good performance from him, but I'm not convinced that we're going to get that from him tomorrow against Ross Smith, who just has this New level, new gear, European champion. We saw bits of fight back at the Grand Grand Prix. Um, and also, I love the way that Ross Smith roars.
2: His oh, it's neck great. Is
1: so long. Oh,
2: it's, it's, it, it, it's great. I'm a, I'm a big fan.
1: I'm talking about long necks. And we still got one more group to go. Brilliant. Um, into Group H, um, the final group of the night, obviously, A quick reminder that we do have interviews from every winner, basically, uh, on the YouTube channel. You can view them after we finish tonight's show, or tomorrow, most likely. Stick them on tomorrow morning. England England win the World Cup tomorrow morning. morning.
2: We'll have we'll have everyone. Uh, The only one I've got to edit is Jermaine Watamina, just because I haven't got around to it yet.
1: Yep. So stick them on in the morning when you're watching England beat Pakistan and lifting the T20 World Cup. Perfect. Um, or whatever else you like to do on a Sunday morning. Uh, Group H, then. um, Not the performance either of the players would have liked, but a big, big win uh, for Ryan Searle over Josh Rock. Josh Rock, the seventh favourite with a lot of the bookmakers heading into this tournament. Um, And the four-man, as as all the stats would show, but didn't quite get to that level against Ryan Searle. Short format, brutal, done over by heavy metal.
2: Yeah, and... Look, it's it's still a learning curve for Josh Rock. And look, you see it in any sport. People get carried away with youngsters coming through and and everything like that. And that Josh is a phenomenal talent. He really is. But he'll learn a lot from that. Ryan Sell played some some good stuff. Um, And the post-match interview is very, very interesting. There has been multiple text conversations... Between a certain Scotsman and heavy metal, Bob. About? Yeah, Yeah, but text
1: conversations is not practice.
2: No, 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 listen, listen. Gary Anderson has shut the fishing lake two nights a week to commit to practicing.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Don't do it to me, Phil. Don't do it to me.
2: It's the hope that kills you,
1: I know. Idea at the World Championship last year and it never came off. It's now November and we're like, oh, they're finally going to do it.
2: No! <laughs> um, yeah, but no, look, good result for heavy metal and he's played some solid stuff right now. Um, yeah. One thing that is interesting, and I don't know if it will play a part if he gets through, but he said his daughter's birthday is on the 15th. And that Ryan Searle is a massive family man. He plans to go home for her birthday to see her and then drive back.
1: Tough, tough to do. Especially when he lives down that squiggly end bit of the country where there's not a lot of motorways and not a lot else, to be honest. Just some A roads and holiday homes. Um, but yeah, good back to rhyme with that one. Uh, the other game in the group, there's quite a bit to, to talk about in this one, I think. Uh, solid performance from Luke Humphries. Um, Questionable. I don't want to bash Scott Williams too much, especially as he's going to pick up his tour card next year. He's still quite new to this. This was his debut in PDC TV. But I, I think questionable is the way to describe this one. Fashion sense, I'm not going to pretend I ever understand what goes through his head, especially as I've heard those yellow trousers come in. That's probably a little bit more in ingest than anything else. But uh, the questionable parts of this was the pace did not suit him at all. Definitely rushed a little bit. Um, very evident in his first four darts at double 16. Could quite easily have led this one 2-0, 3-0 in the match. And uh, the photo that is currently doing the rounds um, on social media of the end of the match, Um, you can't be doing that.
2: What have I missed? I haven't seen it.
1: He's stood behind Luke at the end of the game with both birds.
2: Welcome to the DRA Fine Club, yeah? Yeah.
1: So in jest, he's behind Luke like that,
2: but both of the middle fingers are showing.
1: There's a smile on his face. There's a bit of banter between it as well, but I'm just like, I like Scott. He is a fantastic talent. He is very, very entertaining. We've seen him do blind 180s. We've we've seen him do all sorts on the board at the Super Series, at the Challenge Tour. He's clearly a very, very good dart player. But it, it looks like he wants to play some sort of maverick. And there's a very, very fine line these days between that working for you and that getting your attention and sponsorship and whatever else and coming across as a nod. Um. Yeah,
2: no, I'm, but I, I've spent, I, I spent quite a bit of time in Scott Williams' company. You're not going to change him. That is who he is. And he genuinely doesn't care. He's like, this is me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like it or lump it. Um, Which
1: I appreciate, but we've spoken about a number of players in the past. Everybody knows that my favourite player's Instagram is is never a talking point between us (laughs) and and whatever else. But when you are in the spotlight, the way that professional dark players are, especially in a sport that continues to grow, I I don't think you can just take that one-size-fits-all, this is me, like it, Olympic. This, This isn't a school playground, this isn't, a whatsapp group this isn't a night out with your mates where you just go yeah but it's me so you'll get over it this is professional sport professional environment where look you will earn money by playing darts but you will also earn money by representing other sp, spon- other businesses and, and interests and that's a very very quick way to not get yourself represented unless it's someone yeah, like no. look, a-, a cards against humanity who are a bit brutal oh that's brilliant yeah we'll sponsor the player that swears at people when he loses and will pay his fine every time Brilliant marketing, a paddy power or someone, but everybody else, it's a bit like mm, that's not the look they're going for.
2: Yeah, yeah no, look, I, I get that. The interesting thing for me is that something that Luke Humphries was saying that those yellow shoes he doesn't he doesn't practice in them. He practices in his in his normal comfy trainers and then switches to them just before he goes out and plays.
1: I couldn't do that. If I practice at but, home, I wear the same shoes that I wear out to that. In fact. I have the same pair of trainers in black and white black for when I'm working and and doing whatever, as is the norm these days. Nobody wears shoes and white are my, my fashion ones, but I will wear one of those whenever I played arts at any point. And if I'm at home having a practice, I will put them on specifically. I won't practice barefoot. So to do that is quite weird because they are quite, I appreciate you don't really want to crease them. They're, They're probably not very cheap at all. Those, those shoes, but get used to throwing them, because we've seen Peter Wright go for some adventurous shoes in the past, James Wade as well, that didn't last very long. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, not elsewhere, uh, looking at the rest of the group then, so uh, Luke Humphries, Ryan Searle, um, given the performances today, it would be the thing about this group is it will not be short of entertainment no matter what happens. All four players play at a lovely pace. Have all got incredibly high ceiling. A games are more than capable of bombing it out with a B game. Uh, you still expect Luke Humphries to come through that against Ryan Searle Tomorrow, the loser of Rock versus Scott Williams will likely be heading home, but that does open up the chance for the other one to get through. There's a possibility we might end up with three players all on one win. This this is probably the most intriguing group, and I think Dan Dawson said it best on commentary as bluntly and as amusingly as he did. He said. Group H stands for hard.
2: Yeah, and look, this, this this is the group. Looking at the way the fixtures went and, and looking at the players, this is the one that we you could we could see a potential shootout for someone to get through.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Especially if if Luke Humphries runs away with his group and goes three from three as he's more than capable of, and we we saw perhaps more from Luke earlier on in the year, but there are signs it's on the way back up again at the minute. He settles in, does a job like he can. The other three will be consigned to a shootout and that could get very, very interesting in this group indeed when they all go again tomorrow. Uh, Right, folks, we've spoken for about 45 minutes now. Once again, obviously no interviews from us tonight, no clips from the interviews, but they are all on our YouTube channel. The last one will be Jermaine Mortemaine going up in the morning uh, if you still haven't finished with your fix of darts head over to the modus super series channel uh, and catch the end of finals night mr bars is currently glancing an eye over it as well but i'll let you guys go and discover what's going on over there in portsmouth um i am in Reading still as you can see i'm in where everything is premier but the price uh, so if you want to keep up with the world seniors darts championship qualifiers as well uh, follow world seniors on social media um, throughout all of tomorrow live streaming on one of the boards uh, via Facebook. Um, a big, big thank you to everyone that has joined us in the chat and to ball sports for sponsoring all of our coverage of the Grand Slam of Darts. And to you guys at home for watching, uh, the fallout bar will be back tomorrow night with a brand new host, because uh, I'll be on the train somewhere else and Phil, will be doing some more work, apparently. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, but thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you all very, very soon.